Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. little off topic or not quite the right time of year to talk about this, but I really wanted to talk about the whole concept of Christmas and whether or not people who call themselves Christians should be celebrating this holiday called Christmas. If you know anything about the history of it, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to believers. There are some believers who are adamant about celebrating it without Santa. And then there's a whole group of believers who believe Santa should be celebrated because it's the magic of Christmas. Well, our family has transitioned from celebrating it biblically to not celebrating it at all because we realized we couldn't find the biblical evidence of it. And I was introduced to this amazing woman who has done all of the research And she even went a step further than me by writing it all down, which is great because when people ask me, I never know what to tell them other than start doing some research and you'll find the answers. So I would like to introduce everybody to the beautiful Lauren Baxter, who has been an amazing fighter for truth and liberty, for homeschooling rights, for vaccine freedom and medical freedom, and for her Christian beliefs. So Lauren, I would love to invite you to my podcast and I would love for you to share your story with all of our listeners. Well, thank you, Leslie. I'm glad to be here. Um, Yeah, this is my first time ever doing, you know, sharing about this with a larger audience. Not, I don't know how big your audience is yet, but this is still... I don't know either, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I've Uh, honestly started this and just said, Lord, whatever you have, the right people will listen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So for me, um, you know, I I grew up Catholic. And so there are a lot of things I just assumed and just, you know... I never questioned certain things. Um, you know, we celebrated Jesus's birth and um, and the ceremony um, and all of that. And but I became a, a Christian when I was eighteen, and eventually started reading the Bible and um, kind of got away from you know Catholicism and started going to or Bible believing churches and. Um, but never thought about, but they all celebrated Christmas, right? They did. And you know what? I'm going to interrupt you really quick because I also was raised Catholic and I also gave my heart to the Lord at 18. Oh, (laughs) oh, that's funny. Something we didn't know. (laughs) No, I did not know that about you. That's very interesting. Yeah. In a very worldly uh, atmosphere at college and in, in Madison, Wisconsin. So that's another funny, but, um, so it, you know, there were a lot of things that I discovered over the years that weren't biblical, weren't right, but that wasn't one of them. And why would I, you know, when there's so many things that you're learning, you, you, can't, you can't take on, you can only take on so many things, but also if nobody's challenging you, there's, 
why are you going to look into it? Because very true. And nobody many, challenges this in the yeah. church. Well, many of us, and I've seen this with lots of people, once they become a Christian, they get excited about Christmas. And it's so hard because, you know, I understand, but it's still, you know, once you look into it, it's, it's not what you think. So Absolutely. It, it was so skipping way ahead after I got married, had bunches of children. Um, I Oh, I, I didn't even mention that. Oh, you are yeah. a stay. You are also a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home, homeschooling mom. I am in my last year. My my youngest son is seventeen, so I have six kids. So when I was um, nursing my fifth child, uh, that would be in two thousand three. Um, uh, you know, when you nurse, you you sit. I like to do things, so I would research. And I had a friend, um, Jana, who. Um, I didn't realize that she hadn't celebrated Christmas. We had been friends since about the time I was married uh, in 1987, but I don't, I don't know. I just never picked up on it. And so she sent me a bunch of stuff and we were celebrating or celebrating, sorry, we were studying ancient history at the time for homeschooling. And so I was, she was mentioning things about Constantine and um, ancient Rome. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to just kind of combine this. And so I did started doing research and I was reading what she was sending me. And some of it, you know, this was in 2003. So there wasn't as much on the internet. Um, or, right. or the internet was still pretty new. <laughs> it was. And some of it was just kind of shouting at me with all caps or it was stuff that I did, thought, eh, I'm not sure if that's really an argument. Um, but I was convicted about certain things because I didn't know this and I didn't have a way to trace it. I, you just accepted it. So right. if right, that's why I was willing to read it because what did I know? How yeah. did, what could I say about where this came from? I didn't have a whole lot to say. And that bothers me. And cause I am a researcher. I like to, if I'm going to believe in something, I need, I, I want to know there's some reason for being there. And I've been scammed before about things. So I, I, you know, because I, I am, I'm a trusting person, but over time I became a less trusting person because once you're scammed or once you're made a fool, I didn't like being a fool. And yep. so that's partly why for me, because I do have a love for the truth, that I'm willing, even if something isn't coming from the best messenger or maybe the resource isn't the best. It's not about that. If something is being presented to me that's making me think, if I don't have an answer for it, then I'm going to pursue that. And that's what I did. So, um, and then er early on, I wasn't really sure about what was happening. And then as I got in, because this started um, maybe October of 2003, so leading up to Christmas. And as I got into it a little bit, I was like, oh boy. I'm starting to feel convicted, honey. I'm starting, like talking to my husband, like, I think you need to look at some of this because I don't want us to be divided and I'm starting to move. So he started looking at it. It took him more time because he didn't have as much time. And so I was a little concerned at first, but pretty much we always, we've changed so many times on things and together. And yes. so I wasn't too worried about it. And um, sure enough, He's like, I can see what you're saying. And so I heavily then dug in because just a little bit isn't enough. If I'm going to 
say this isn't right there's something wrong with christmas or you know um and then we do this with family church this is a big thing this isn't right. just my own personal thing so, yeah it doesn't impact just your family unit and that you you realize that very quickly right when you do something that goes against a societal norm right <laughs> right yeah. so so that because so that year i still because it took a while for me to get to that point, almost all the way down to December, you know, um, we still had bought presents for family and for our kids, but we did not get a tree. I, I, I knew that we stopped that. Um, we know it's not wrong to give things to our children. So I didn't have a conscience conviction of, at that point about that because I still wasn't sure about a lot of things. So I think we probably gave them presents and not, not on December 25th, you just separated from that. But we still went to visit with family. My husband's family and my family are from the same uh, area. So we, we hit them both uh, all at once. And we still sell, you know, we're not celebrating the same way, but we, were, we went, we got together with them. But right away it was uncomfortable because some of the things I learned right away, just the greeting, Merry Christmas. You know, growing up Catholic, I know at Christ's Mass, you know, what that, yep. where that's coming from. And um, I don't know how much I understood at that time because this has been a progression of me learning over the years. But I know there were things that made me feel uncomfortable, but we didn't know what to do about family because we didn't want to offend family or, you know, um, when this is something you've done your whole life, you know, right. that's that's really challenging. So we did that we know on the next year we didn't do presents with our kids and um we just sort of stopped you know everything and still still enjoyed the time together we still took time off you know for our winter break and being that we live in the north we still have the um you know the snow and the hot cocoa and you know just the fun things that you do and we still tried to do fun things with our with our kids and they were they were okay with it you know um so um as much as a kid can be when they don't get present <laughs> you know yeah uh, i think for great. my younger ones it was easier but for our oldest was 12 when we made that trans or yeah 11 11 i think when we made that transition and so it was the hardest for her right was, I think, wait a minute yeah. <laughs> i think our oldest was 11. yeah yeah, yeah. So ours was so um so at, it was then now approaching the third year after we stopped celebrating and probably i'd been doing research during that time but i hadn't written anything down yet and at that point we felt like we couldn't really do it anymore I, i'm not sure if i wrote it i know i wrote the booklet in 2006 I, well what was the first version of it you know it's it's different now and I just can't quite remember. Did we give it to them right before? Maybe we did. Because um, I remember driving down the highway, just like feeling like I was going to throw up. No, no, no. Knowing that I think we sent it out before, but we still came to visit that last Christmas. And, yeah. you know, I might have something a little bit wrong, but I know that's when I wrote it. And I know we did it three years after we got convicted. And, um, so the we wrote the booklet basically was to explain you know share our own convictions instead of just directing people to a website because i told you it was still hard to find things that i felt conveyed the right tone spirit right. information 
you know, all of that because otherwise this is so personal that I wanted it to come from us. Um, right. It still didn't, it still stung everybody and some people just never talked to us about it. They just, it's, and that's hard because we're not, we're, it's not, we're not close to talking about it. People are close to us because it's so offensive to them or difficult. But if, if you love the truth, it should be able to at least listen. If we're not coming in clobbering, you know, or yeah. calling names or saying, you know, you're a bunch of infidels or idolaters <laughs> or something like we're not doing that. And we're willing to talk to people. It's just our conviction. So we learned right. a lot through that time about what, what people, what's really in their hearts. And again, I'm not trying to judge on my family about that, but we, it just, it's not, it's a hard thing you go through and you realize that some people just really don't want to talk about it. And that's hard because we look like the ones that are isolating ourselves, but it isn't, it isn't really so much that if, and I wouldn't have minded so much spending time with our family at that time, cause we get together, but it's like, it so dominates that it's really hard to do. Um, we have, there have been some, since this is our 19th year, I believe, um, cause my, my, that daughter is 19. That's how I kind of keep track. <laughs> um, perfect. Um, there have been some years where we have friends that don't celebrate Christmas, but we've gotten together and just spent time together because everybody's busy with family. And there's another time we went to somebody's house, um, because she was all alone and, um, I think separated from her husband and doesn't have much family and she knows we don't celebrate. I said, as long as we're not having to participate in anything or get Merry Christmas or something, uh, we'll spend right. time with you. So we've been able to do things like that, but with our families, it's still, this is what they do. And it's so strong and prevalent that we didn't want to disrupt, you know, try to force them to change. Yeah. We knew that our presence would be uncomfortable for them. And, that's why we did it and we tried to explain that in this in this booklet and um you know and there were some family members on my husband's side that were that tried to talk to us and just understand and shared the booklet with their pastor and you know i appreciated that that there was a little bit of that um so it's hard for people for their thought process and their traditions to be challenged yeah right because if you consider even the transition and the growth that you've taken throughout the years, that was a difficult transition. You really wrestled with it at first. Right. To be able to come to terms with, oh my gosh, am I not doing this right? I found that people are so set in their perception of what life should be that yeah. when you challenge that perception, they feel like it's a personal attack. Yeah. Even when you're like, hey, do what you want to do. I don't care. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you how to live. I'm saying this is what we feel like we're supposed to be doing. But even you separating yourself to do something different challenges their perspective so much that they only have one of two options and it's either be offended or accept where you are. Right. Right. And we, we came against the same opposition. And even to this day, my mom and my sisters still buy Christmas presents and send them to my kids. Even yeah. though we tell them not to. I can't stop them. <laughs> well, there's an interesting thing that happened within my, my side of the family, which is very small. 
Um, my dad died when I was little. And um, my sister is the only other person who married, had one child. So there's just, there's just, and we had no cousins, um, you know, just it's very small. Well, there's a whole nother story to that. I found out that I do have some, but that's another story. <laughs> I remember reading that at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But our family was small and my mom, and we didn't see them much. And so at Thanksgiving, she called it Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, You're not gonna give me Christmas. I'm gonna make my own. <laughs> and she would give give some presents or money for them to to spend, you know. And I thought, okay, I'm not gonna fight you on if you want to do nice things for my kids. And so they were res respecting that. Um, and so that's kind of what we do with my side of the family. Whereas my husband's side, we just his side is bigger, lots of kids and, you know, um, and grandchildren and, um, you know, and we, but we spend time with them at Thanksgiving. And so we at least have had that and we've just moved on from there. Um, that's, interesting. But, that's more my side of the family. It's very large and like aunts and uncles and cousins, yeah. second cousins, third cousins all get together. And we actually kind of transitioned out of celebrating Christmas like that when my twins were born because they were preemies and we were like, we don't want to be around people when they're really little. And yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. when you have, when you're outnumbered by that many small children going to a big party where there's a ton of people, it's no fun because you're only chasing kids. So we kind of transitioned out of celebrating Christmas that way long before we actually transitioned out of celebrating Christmas altogether. Okay. So it was kind of easier in that sense. Yeah. But for my immediate family with my sisters and my mom, that was rough. That was a lot harder. Well, I think because of just the difficulty of separating ourselves, like be becoming convicted, but then finding it just so difficult to be um around people and maybe because you know sometimes you feel like wonder is this the right thing is this what i should be doing should we be you know that's what drove me to doing more research and to continually rewriting this booklet because i wanted to always make sure is this the right thing that we should be doing and i would keep coming so it was kind of therapy for me too <laughs> it was it was it was it was a way to help because it is very hard. It to, is. Not, not just, I mean, first, just your own self, that this is yep. something you did that was enjoyable and you're not doing it. Um, but it's so much more than that. And so it is, it is one of the more challenging things I had to do as a Christian. And so um, I wanted to share something from the booklet that eventually came along after many revisions that I think helped me to work through that process so that I could quickly look at my own, <laughs> my own list and like, okay, that's right. That's why we're doing this, you know? Yes. And, and it was, um, it's, I put it in the beginning of the booklet, but it was not in most earlier versions. It's only been in there for a few years. Um, it's questions we must ask ourselves before we can know with certainty that we are pleasing God by celebrating Christmas. And I wrote, um, while we can all feel certain quite certain that nothing could be wrong with celebrating Christmas as the birth of Christ on December 25th. Christians need to first make sure they examine what is what it is they're doing or there's no way they can be certain. There are the questions we had to ask ourselves over time as we work through this issue and we would encourage other believers in Christ to do the same. 
So number one is, does the Bible reveal when Jesus was born so that we might know when to commemorate his birth? And I said, compare this to the feasts and festivals God gave to Israel, which are very clearly laid out. Yes. And number two, has God instructed us in the Bible to commemorate the birth of Christ? And if so, does he tell us how? Compare again to the feasts and festivals God gave to Israel. Three, did the early church commemorate Jesus' birth? Four, if not in the Bible or celebrated by early believers, where do we get our Christian Christmas traditions from? Number five, if the commemorating of Christ's birth and our Christmas traditions, traditions come from a mixture of false religion and pagan idolatry, that's a spoiler alert, um, do we have any admonition from the Lord as to what to do with that? Does he mind our using these things in our worship of him as we commemorate his birth? And number six, what does the Bible teach about what we are to commemorate in regard to Jesus and how we are to worship him? So my booklet then covers really addressing all those things and, and more. Um, so everything gets answered in here as, as an introduction to the topic. It's certainly not thorough. It's 30, it's now 31 pages. Um, I think it's quite thorough. And honestly, I appreciate so much that revision, because that was the revision I was I received, was with those questions at the yes. beginning. And that made me want to keep reading because I thought somebody else has asked these questions. Yeah. And wrote down answers. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't just like ask herself these questions and do the research and follow that conviction. Yeah. She actually recorded it like, hey, this is what we found to answer these questions. And you can challenge that, right? Because I'm sure as you were doing research, every time you found something, there was a challenge to that. There yes. was some kind of church established response to it. Yeah. And really finding the truth lies within having the Holy Spirit in us to guide us in truth. Because that's what Yeshua said when he died, right? I'm going to leave you a helper, someone to lead you in all truth. And so without that guidance, how do you discern which is the right path, what the right answer is? Because there was, there's always a challenge to every truth, always. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And working through those, well, it's funny because I wrote the bulk of it and then came up with the questions. You know, it's because, you know, it's a, a swirly mess sometimes in your head and you just start writing down things and eventually you realize to write something well, it's that you're answering questions. Yeah. And, and so the questions were there. I just didn't get that written down until later where I realized, and because partly because I'm trying to convey something to people in a way to help them get, why should I bother with this? Why should I think about this? Why should I read this? And questions, and Jesus asked questions all the time to his disciples and others. And that is an effective way because then the burden is on the other person to explain yes. something, to answer something. And when you can't answer something, that's when you should realize you might have a problem. Well, so, the word tells us to, to study, to show ourselves approved, right? Yes, exactly. If, if we don't study so that we can answer appropriately, then we fall short and we're left. <laughs> oh gosh, dog. No, hey. <laughs> Take the dog out of here real quick, please. Did I, I mean, there's always interruptions. He's not even supposed to be in here. Put him outside. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in here because he was quiet until somebody talked. 
but yeah, if we don't, if we don't study, and that's not just talking about studying scripture, but that's talking about studying just life around us and what's happening around us because it relates to everything in life and we don't show ourselves approved, then then how can we know that when we stand before him, when that time comes, that he can say, well done, good and faithful servant? Because we were just like, eh, you know, whatever. Everybody was doing this, so that's what I did. That's what my pastor said, so that's yeah. what I believed. <laughs> and I think for people to understand, that's a really important point you're making, that it this is just something that, you know, I'm 59 years old, and as time goes on, there are some things that just become clear to me about it's not so much about like, do I have every single thing right? You know, do I, do I, do I have everything dotted and crossed correctly? It's that I am seeking him. I want to please him. And as he reveals something to me or as something comes to my attention that I realize like, oh, I don't, I don't know what is the truth about this. And is it important? Is it relate to the worship of God? You know, there are some things that may be of lesser importance. Um, yep. And so this was to me very important. And it's, so it's about, it's about um, showing that desire for the truth and working through that process. Not so much like, oh, like what's so evil about that? I, I'm, I'm remembering his birthday. No, it's the fact that now I know something. It's about conscience. And, and he looks upon the heart. So, and we're way, held accountable for the knowledge that we attain. Yes. Right. So if you're given the knowledge, you are now held accountable based on scripture to act on that knowledge. That's a lot of people in the world say, no better, do better. Well, that's a scriptural law. <laughs> yeah. If you know it, you must act on it. So and that's what I think is understand. important. Yeah. Yeah. Because the people who don't understand, I don't feel like they're going to be held accountable for their lack of knowledge. Right. Nowhere in scripture does it say if you don't know, then you're you're damned. Right. That's that's not how that's not how our savior works. That's not why he died on the cross, was to damn everybody to hell. That's not right. his desire. Right. But he does say when the truth is revealed to you, you must act on it. Now, truth is definitely going to challenge you. It's going to challenge your thoughts. It's going to challenge your beliefs. It's going to challenge the whole direction of your life. And he gives you that choice. He says, I set before you life and death. And he gives you a clear option. He says to choose life. Right. It's not a question. And he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. And so that's, and I think because we have the internet now, we have not just having to go to a library and find some obscure book on the Christmas traditions. Um, you know, it, it, there was a time with the lack of information because you just trusted it's in your culture, it's in the church. You don't have all this exposure to um, the challenge of it. So right. uh, with the internet, then it was so easy to just start looking things up and you're like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't know anything. And, and we're, we can be deceived for so long. We see that in our culture, you know, today um, about how many, uh, whatever you want to call these people are deceiving us, trying to get us to believe a certain narrative. So I think as Christians, we need to take care to study these things. And, and then for people to understand, then because this is a conviction of mine, I need to act on it. I don't mean to condemn you or judge you for this, but I have to do this because I see where this came from. 
right. see that he said, don't worship me with such things in, in Deuteronomy 12. Um, maybe I, that would be just something to read since this is podcast on Christmas here. So um, I haven't shared a lot of content, but um, from Deuteronomy 12, um, I mean, verses one through nine, all of that is good, but I could just read one through four. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. And you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. Okay. So that was a very helpful passage for me and, and the rest through verse nine um, to see that this isn't how God wants us to worship him. It's like, no, it doesn't matter how much time has passed by. It's still coming from these things that were used in pagan worship and it's never his way to Christianize uh, that's you know we're just Christianizing with our little spray can you know putting on the glitter the you know it's like well, he knows my heart he knows, he knows that I'm worshiping him I've addressed <laughs> that in our booklet too because I know I, I, I love that oh, I appreciate yeah, that because um, it, I was glad that somebody sent me information that made me go that extra route because you want to have the debate somehow in your booklet. You know, you want to hear what are what are opposing arguments so that you feel like everything gets addressed. And I was trying to be thorough so that whatever came up, I had a response to that and trying to direct people back to scripture. Um, yeah. What God, what, that he wants us to worship him and we need to know what's pleasing to him. And if we don't, then we're just doing what, it, you know, who would do that? I mean, people do. But if you're celebrating the birthday or, or you know, a special event for somebody, you know, their wedding, and if you just do what you want to do, if you don't care about what matters to them, um, then how are you seeking to please them? It's about yourself. And it's really a lot and about... Is that worship life. then of that person? Is that worship then of your creator? Is that worship of self at that point? Yeah, it's... we're. And I know a lot of people have never thought about it, but when once you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, really, why am I doing this? And so it that's when you just have to look at where things come from. And yes, it's a big, long search back into history, um, but it's a worthwhile one because to me, I want to please him. And even though I could have been ignorant till I died and I would be with him eternally, I think I I want to show him that I love him and I want to respond to him and have a relationship with him that's deep and meaningful and solid because if I have a superficial relationship with him, what might it take to shake me? You know, because there are going to be other things that come up that, oh, wow, that's, I thought this was true. Oh, Christianity, it's a hoax. No, it's, it's, God isn't the hoax. P what people say can sometimes be false or interpret things wrongly. But I'm not going to be shaken by that because I'm seeking him. And if I'm walking with him and if I can see from scripture what he's like, then people aren't going to rip me from that, you know. Right. And so yeah. that's why I think it was important for me to do the deep dive because otherwise, what do I have? What Am I just going to keep doing this because or, 
um, am I going to worship him in spirit and in truth? And that's what we chose to do, which means abandoning Christmas. <laughs> which means challenging everyone around you. <laughs> One of the things that I find really interesting, when, and this is just across the board, when you, when you challenge anybody's perspective or thoughts about any topic, when they get extremely defensive and yeah. passionate about it, like that offense becomes so enraging in them that they start attacking you. Those are the times where I, I think I get the most peace and I, I step back and I'm like, why are you so upset? Yeah. That's a question that a lot of people, when they are challenged, they don't ask themselves, why is this upsetting me? And in every situation in my life, when I've come against something that challenged my way of thinking and it, it made me angry, that yeah. was my first response. I stopped and said, why is this making me angry? And it really came down to the fact that I didn't, I didn't really have roots in truth when right. it came to that. So if you don't have a full knowledge of something, when it's challenged, it's very easy to be angry about it and to be defensive because you don't really have an argument to back your belief. Right, right. <laughs> and a and lot of pastors get that way. And that is another reason why I kept working at the booklet, realizing that it could be helpful to people and I would rather provide them with the resources and um, other information that I think is helpful instead of just sending them on their own on the internet, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I've kept working at it and improving it and finding better resources, um, making changes that I just think are more meaningful and trying to have a tone that shows respect to people that I get that this is hard and to so to help them along so it's not like what it was like for me you know right. um, and that's what I do like to do I like to break things down and I do like to communicate um, what you I've researched a gift of teaching oh thank you and you are very very good with words I feel like what you have built in this pamphlet, which let's be honest, it's a book. <laughs> book, it book, a book. I call it a booklet. <laughs> it is it is all encompassing and it does address a lot of those heart issues and it it is grounded in the scripture, which is truth, which is our sword, right? It is it is our only defensive weapon against the enemy. And you have done such an incredible job to direct people not just into the scriptures but to the heart of their creator. You've yeah. brought them straight to his heart to say, listen, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> to say, listen, he loves you more than anything. And he's told you exactly how he feels loved by you. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people focus on love languages and how I feel loved. And this is what makes me feel loved. But does anybody ever ask what makes my creator feel loved by me? Right. And I feel like, your booklet does that. Your booklet says, hey, this is what he says. This is how we love him. Yeah. So even though it's related to Christmas, it's so much deeper. And it really gets to the heart of a lot of issues for a lot of believers. And that's why I wanted, that's why I wanted to do this interview with you because even though it was in line with what we believe and how we live, it spoke so deep to my spirit. I just thought this needs to be 
out there for more people to have access to this truth. If they have questions and hey, you know what? If you don't agree, I'm, we have really good friends who are pastors and they don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating Christmas. And that's just where they are and that's okay. Yeah. But you know what? I'll challenge you, read this pamphlet. Tell me what you, or this booklet, tell me what you think. How does this challenge you? Is this truth? Yeah. And you know, and if you don't find truth in it, then that's okay. But I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it's full of truth. So, Thank you. Um, well, I haven't even mentioned the name of it. It's called oh, I know. <laughs> it's Our Celebration of Christmas Pleasing to God with a subtitle, But the High Places Were Not Removed. And the title has changed over the years. And I, over time, I started to see the celebration of Christmas a little bit more like the Israelites worshiping on the high places. And it's just so easy to mix with um, the pagan um, worship. And that's my view. Others might not have that. But I started to see that trying to help people see how I looked at it so that they could at least have a conversation with me that I just don't look at you all as idolaters necessarily, right. you know. Um, yeah. But this is how I see it. And I have used it also in witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses because they also do not celebrate Christmas and they don't like to take literature from us. You know, they like to give us the literature. Yes. And we've had a long-term relationship with um, a couple in our area who also homeschooled their daughter. And, and we've gotten along with them very well. They're trying to win us over, but it's not going to happen. And we're trying to help them see the truth. So... When I wrote the booklet, they took it. And there's so much of the gospel in that, you know. So I know people like to say Christmas time, it's a witnessing time. And, um, you know, and sure, I know God uses that. Um, yep. And um, he will use any opportunity. So let's let's yes. make that point clear. It doesn't matter if you're using a pagan celebration, right? He will use any opportunity to reveal himself. But that doesn't mean it honors him. <laughs> Right, right. And that's, and so to me, it wasn't, um, I, I understand with other Christians what they're doing, what they're saying, and sure, but it, right, it doesn't validate still what you're doing. And there's still a way, we use it as well. I mean, we've had opportunities to help stranded people on Christmas Day when they're stranded with their car, and they're like, who can we call? Oh, the Baxters, they don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> they're not doing anything. They're just hanging out in their pink days today. <laughs> and we, we still can share Christ during that time. We've done many, and we, because my kids, you know, they all don't, that I have, you know, several adult children now, and we all get together. There's one that lives uh, out of state, um, but we, we get together during that time because we want, we're enjoying one another's fellowship, and we still love the Lord. <laughs> um, but we want them to see, not have a day where everybody has to hang their head low or just like feel all depressed about what everybody else is doing. There's no reason we can't still have another day and enjoy each other's company because everybody usually has off for work. And, and so we've tried over the years to figure out what to do with that time. And now that our kids are getting older um, and all of their friends and everybody else is celebrating Christmas, um, we said, okay, we can, you guys can come here and we can do uh, fun things together. And thankfully, the one son who is married, um, he married um, a young lady whose family 
does not celebrate Christmas either. That's amazing. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you about that because I was curious last year when he got married. I was like, I wonder if her family celebrates Christmas or if this is going to become an issue for them. But that is ex that is incredible. Oh, praise the Lord. I know we're still looking what we it at the couple, what they're doing, because it's the church environment that makes it hard. And, and they're away from family, you know, both family, they're um, in another state from both uh, families. And so they have to work that out. But I think they still get, they still get at me. Like, I don't always know where they're at because I know with my kids, they're going to work through this. But yeah, it's, it's been, I didn't even know that right away, you know, so. Oh, I was so delighted to find that out, just how she was raised, and because um, I always thought, oh, God, who is going to marry our kids? That's actually been my husband's thing. He's like, who is going to marry our daughters? Who are like, we don't do Valentine's, we don't do Easter, we don't do Christmas. He's like, nobody's going to marry them. <laughs> like, yes, the Lord is preparing men right now for our daughters. Yes. So, yeah, and my and my another son has a girlfriend right now. And I wondered, I know other friends were telling her they don't celebrate Christmas and her, she's, she's, she's got the booklet. We gave her the booklet. <laughs> and okay, this is a glimpse it, into who we are. Just, yeah. I mean, make a wise decision here. <laughs> her family never made a too big of a deal of it. It's not a big deal to her. Uh, so that's just really, I'm just really happy to see that and just you know it's just trusting god to work all that out because that is another part of it we've done this how we've worked it out with our families our parents you know and get and not being together doing that for 19 years and now it's this stage of it with our kids um having friends and having parties or you know and then getting married and what is that like so so far so good <laughs> <laughs> That is incredible. Well, Lauren, I appreciate your time so much. I appreciate everything that you input into the RSB Telegram community. You are a huge contributor to truth in there. I appreciate your heart for the Lord and your passion to lead other people to him. And I would like for you to tell us how people can get in touch with this booklet. I was actually gonna tell you, you know you can write a book through Amazon. Like you can send them a book and they can they can put it in print form. Oh. And you can make it available on Amazon. Well, I keep changing it so much that that's <laughs> kind of hard that yes, uh, you're like I can't do that because they'll charge me money every time I want to update. <laughs> well, and then plus because I have links um that are just oh, internet yeah. links and sometimes those change. Um, right. I haven't thought completely how I would want to do it. So I don't know if people can contact you or as, as opposed to me giving out an email. I don't know. Is there, what do you think is best? Well, the best way to contact me is either through my Instagram, which is stay at home mom, um, or stay at home mom goody, which is also my email, stay at home mom goody at outlook.com. Um, unless there is an email that you would rather they contact you but they can get a hold of me through Ask RSB also because Super Don can kind of forward that over to me. So okay. whatever's easiest for them. Um, because I know you said you would forward me a copy and then I could share it with people. Yeah. So but, maybe, yeah, if anybody wants my contact information, maybe through you they could get it. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. However that would work. 
Um, I definitely want it to be available to as many people as possible because like I said, it, it is full of so much truth and and not just truth, but it's full of life and it's full of hope and it's encouragement and it's really seeing the heart of our father and knowing what he desires of us. Yeah. So, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I appreciate it. Actually, hmm. I need to, we need to figure out a link for your booklet and then I can actually put it on our YouTube channel underneath it and people can click on it and get to it. Oh, okay. So we'll work on figuring something okay. out. I can ask some people. Kevin might know something. Sure, sure. Kevin always <laughs> knows something. It, I know. Kevin always knows something. <laughs> so we can figure out a way for people to easily access it without having to do emails and stuff. Okay. We'll also put it in a format that you can easily make changes to it as needed. Great. So make that like sounds Google great. Docs or something like that. So we'll work on that to okay. make that available for people. And with that, we are going to say goodbye to our stay-at-home mom listeners. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you, Lauren. And thank your family for giving me this time with you. Because I know it's not easy to break away from our daily responsibilities to do something like this. And keep building your homes and loving your families. And have a blessed day.